how many of you have encountered Jesus in your life? How many of you have had the Holy Spirit working? And then the next question is, how many people around you have noticed? That's it. Like, hands stop going up. Things get a little, like, yeah, I follow Jesus. I, I, I said a prayer back when I was in high school, and I, and I, follow, I committed my life to Jesus. I'm following him. Yeah, the Holy Spirit is, uh, I think, working inside of me. Like, I think there's something going on. I, I, I pray sometimes. I go to church sometimes. Uh, sometimes I, I talk to him. Sometimes, like, I think something's going on. But how many of us would go, like, I had a direct experience with somebody who said, man, there's something different about you. I don't know what it is, but there is something that is like next level that that I don't really understand because you are the only one in my life that is living this way. And you know what? I need more of that. I mean, that's the goal, isn't it? I heard an interview uh, with, uh, I listened to a podcast this last week, and it was an interview with, uh, between a pastor, Carrie Newhoff, and then Christine Kane. Uh, if you don't know Christine Kane, she is a pastor. She is a leader of an organization called A21, which is an organization that fights against human trafficking all over the world. Like, powerhouse leader. And there was a segment in the interview I just want to talk you through a little bit because I thought it was so powerful. She grew up in Sydney, Australia. And she said in this interview, Carrie was asking her questions and she said, 1986 through in 1987 was the height of rave parties in Australia. And the drug ecstasy was running rampant. And there was the university scene and people were doing X and people were going to rave parties. And she talks about an experience she had with her friend. It is really powerful. She said, I haven't seen my friend for three days. I didn't know where she was. No idea where she was. No idea what was going on. And then one day, she said, I was doing my homework in the home building in in Sydney University. And my friend comes running and goes, Chris, Chris, I couldn't wait to see you. She goes, you would not believe I've been at the most amazing rave party. And it was the most incredible experience of my life. There was so much love there, so much uh, joy there, so much peace there. We didn't sleep for three days. And she said her, her friend took, put her hand in her pocket, pulled out half of an ecstasy tablet. And said, Chris, it was the most unbelievable experience. And I didn't want you to miss out on this experience. So I saved half of this tablet for you because I wanted you to experience it. Don't worry, the story goes on. I'm not going to end there in some weird uh, thing. And then Christine Kane said this, I remember at that moment tears started streaming down my face and internally my heart, I made a vow. In my heart, it was like I said to the Lord, she is more passionate about the love, joy, and peace that this synthetic drug can bring her than I am about my faith. 
that is theoretically supposed to bring love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, the fruit of the Spirit. The evidence of the Holy Spirit that we've been talking about. So this friend has found this in this scene, this, this drug, this environment, and Christine Kane is going, why isn't she experiencing this with me? This is the fruit of what it's supposed to look like, of somebody that's walking with the Spirit. She said, I thought that in this, that is not the fruit of the drug exodus. It's supposed to be the fruit of the Spirit of God. And she, so she said, that started my journey very early on, that our Christianity as we follow Jesus has to be lived from the inside out. And part of their discussion was... Uh, Christian culture versus secular culture. And she lived in Australia. And Australia has been a secular culture for a very long time. And she said, our Christianity has to be lived from the inside out. It's just not about what laws are out there or what group I'm a part of or how militant I can be on social media. It's got to flow from within me. It's got to flow from my relationship with Jesus, from my walking in the Spirit. Whether someone is a corporate CEO, a doctor, a lawyer, a stay-at-home mom, a nurse, whomever I come in contact with, if they see these things flow from me, they will be more compelled to ask, what is the source of those I think it's interesting. A lot of us will resort to, I go to church. I have a Bible. (laughs) Sometimes I read it. Uh, I live a good life. I believe the right things. I think sometimes the right things. But is that it? Like, I think sometimes we get stuck in this. We live, we have lived in this culturally Christian society where it was like you were supposed to go to church. You were supposed, that meant you were a good person. But if you haven't noticed, culture is changing and we've moved from living in this like somewhat Christian culture to now a post-Christian culture. And that means something. There's a little bit of a battle going on. We see it in politics. We weave Christianity in and out of our politics. And in a post-Christian culture, that doesn't happen. Like post-Christian culture knows this is not following Jesus. And I need to live my life from the inside out. As I walk in the Spirit, as I'm filled with the Spirit, 
I need to live my life in an inside-out manner so that others around me not just see that I'm a Christian because my views align with something. They see that I'm a Christ follower because of the evidence of the Spirit in our lives. So the question not only needs to be like, where are you going when you die? We got to make sure you say the prayer so you're going to the right place. That's your ticket to heaven. The question is not, not even, well, you know, do you go to church? Do, do you do? No, the question is, are we walking? Are we being filled by and with the Spirit? Are we living this thing out in our lives? I wish we could start having very honest conversations about that. And very honest conversations that I need to repent and I need to come back and follow Jesus. I need to order my life so that I am walking with him on a daily, weekly, monthly, yearly basis. It's not. You need to believe the right thing. You need to vote a certain way. You need to think a certain way. You need to have this ideology in your mind set up a certain way. No, it is following Jesus. Does anybody know what our mission is as a church? Our mission as a church, because I think you're probably saying it right now as I'm saying this. You're like, oh yeah, that's our mission. Oh yeah, that's our vision. No, our mission as a church is to make disciples that make disciples. And then our vision as a church is what? Beautiful. This is the vision that Jesus is calling us to. Our job just as a church is to make disciples that go out and make disciples. That's what every church should be about. The vision of our church is to be a church for Jesus, for people, and for our city. What does that mean? What does being for Jesus mean? Turn with me to John 15, uh, verses 5 through 8. We talked about these last week. I wanted to remind us of them. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is my Father's, this is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. This part is sandwiched right in the two chapters that Jesus talks about the Holy Spirit. And I don't think that's a coincidence. Walk with the Spirit. We saw in Galatians. Be filled with the Spirit, which we saw in Ephesians, which is a be filled. It's a continual process, not a one-time thing, but it's a daily thing, a weekly thing, that you are being filled with the Spirit. And then we see here, abide, remain. Stay connected to the source. 
So as we say, we're a church that is for Jesus. This is what it looks like. It means that we follow Jesus. We devote our lives to him. We order our lives so that we are following him. And continually putting ourselves in the place that the Holy Spirit can work. That we can be filled. It means that we start to see evidence of the Holy Spirit. And more importantly, those around us start to see evidence of the Holy Spirit's work. We start to see that our lives are more generous. We live with two hands open because Jesus has given and therefore we aren't tied to these things and so we will freely give to those in need. We start to feel the Holy Spirit's work as we're in the grocery store and the Holy Spirit says, go down aisle nine and somebody else is in aisle nine and the Holy Spirit says, talk to this person. You go, I don't want to talk to this person. I'm not so great at talking to people. I I don't have any answers. I don't know what to say. And the Holy Spirit says, shh, just listen to me. Talk to this person. And the Holy, and and then you talk to the person and the person goes, wow, I I, I don't know why I don't even like aisle nine. I, I just felt like God was telling me to go down aisle nine and now I know because you're here telling me about Jesus and my life is in desperate need of him. I don't know why I like the grocery store analogy, but you can fill in with whatever coffee shop, place of work, whatever, wherever you go, just substitute aisle nine for wherever you go. But as we're for Jesus, we give our lives to him. We spend time with him. We order our lives to be around him. Spending time in his presence. So much so that others see the evidence of it. If people aren't seeing the evidence of you spending time in Jesus and being filled with the Holy Spirit, it's time for you and me to start asking questions about how our relationship with Jesus is going, about how are we getting out of the way or are we trying to maintain this control, this will of our own life? Walk with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. Abide and remain. I mean, a question to ask is, kind of like Christine Kane, has anybody told you this last year? We all know what this last year was. Has anybody told you this last year, you are so filled with peace? Like in all that we've been through, like you've been unshakable. Right? Like you haven't gotten upset. You, haven't, you, you just... Give off this, you radiate this peace. Has anybody said that to you? Has anybody said, man, through this year, no matter what's been going on, all the uncertainty, all the craziness that's happened, like you have been this place where every time I see you, you are just filled with love. 
Love just comes off you. And I like being around you because everybody else is cranky and and annoyed and, and filled with anxiety. But you, you are filled with love. And it is awesome to be around. You lost your job this last year. Like, people got sick in your home. Like, everything has been stacked against you. But somehow, you have been like this beacon of joy. No matter what circumstances in life happened, like you've just been joyful, and I don't understand it. I want to know why you are filled with so much joy. Like as we follow Jesus, these are the questions we should be asking each other, right? Not all this other junk that we talk about. Not all this other junk that we talk about on social media. This, this is what we should be talking about. And then if the answer is like, I, I, it's not there, I don't know where it is, well then let's talk about that. Like how can I pray for you? How can I support you? How can I encourage you in this? To grow deeper in the word, to grow deeper in your conversations with Jesus to go grow deeper in ordering your life so that the Holy Spirit has space to move and transform you. We are for Jesus. We are also for people. So many in our culture are known for what they are against. We as a church, as we follow Jesus, want to be known for what we are for. And Jesus is for people. We see this all throughout Jesus' ministry. He walks. He takes his time. He spends time with people. He welcomes people in. That, by example, means that he's for people. He could have just said, no, I have a mission. I'm going to die on the cross, so I'm not going to, I'm going to push everybody aside, not talk to a single soul, because all I have to do is go do that. That wasn't part of his mission. Part of his mission was being an example for how you and I live different. So he was for people. We see this all throughout his ministry. He met people with grace and truth. He set people free. The paralytic that was lowered down from the roof, uh, that was begging to be healed in faith, his friends dropped him down, and he was healed. When you see the woman in Mark 5, as Jesus was going through the city to heal Jairus' daughter, this woman in desperation and faith reached out and just, if I could just touch Jesus, I will be healed. And not only do we see that she was healed because she touched Jesus, he also turned to her and just stopped everything and listened to her story. We see the woman that was caught in adultery. Jesus met her and said, hey, if any of you guys have sinned, if not sinned, you can, you can go ahead and cast the first stone. But I know the truth. All of them put down their rocks, walked away from the woman, and Jesus met this woman in grace and truth. As he redeemed her, he restored her, and he said, go and sin no more. We see Jesus was Zacchaeus, a tax collector that was taking advantage of everybody else in the city, probably one of the most hated people in the city. 
And we see Jesus meet him on that road. And Zacchaeus says, I want what you have. And then he gives his life to Jesus. And then he gives away back to the people that he stole from. It starts with being four people. For knowing their worth in the eyes of Jesus. In going out and loving our neighbors. For our city. This is Acts 1.8. Acts 1.8. Jesus comes back, says the Holy, sending the Holy Spirit. And he says this, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all of Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. It's like if Jesus was here right now and he's saying, look, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. He's going to come. He's going to empower you. He's going to fill you. He's going to give you all sorts of gifts. He's going to transform you so that you have the fruit of the Spirit inside of you. And he's going to come so that you, you, you online will be my witnesses. So when people see you, they see Jesus. And you will be my witnesses in Eau Claire, in Wisconsin. In the Midwest, in the United States, and in the entire world. So, question how are we going to live out our vision? And what role do you play in it? How are we going to live out our vision, and what role do you play in it? And this will be just a, a, a quick snippet, but uh, one of our values here is that we are not spiritual consumers, but we are spiritual contributors. This is very important because in our consumeristic culture in the world, we get confused as Christians sometimes. We start to think that going to church is the equivalent to going to McDonald's. And we want our order we want what we order. We want it to be prepared well. We want it to be delivered in a timely fashion. And we want it to taste good. Be good quality. And the minute that it's not quite great, it's not quite what I want, I'm going to go to Burger King. I don't know how those two things compare. Uh, as soon as Burger King doesn't quite match up, I'm going to go to Wendy's. As soon as Wendy's doesn't match up, I'm going to go to Chick-fil-A because that's the Lord's food and it's going to be amazing. <laughs> Sorry. Um, we get this mindset that like, I'm going to attend this church until something doesn't quite sit right, until till somebody, the pastor's sermons have become kind of stale and I don't really like the pastor anymore, or the worship wasn't quite on par today. As soon as those things happen, as soon as somebody says something that I'm going to get upset with, we decide we're going to go and find another place. And it's not the feeling of like, man, I really feel like the Spirit is moving and leading me to invest in this community rather than this community. It's more of a consumeristic, transactional thing. And we as Jesus followers 
are robbing the church. We are robbing ourselves of growing, of becoming more mature disciples. And we are robbing the church from maturing as well. Because when we really live out this stuff, like when we grow and increase the fruit of the Spirit, and we take all the New Testament letters where it says, like, forgive each other, love each other, bear with each other, like, uh, invest in each other. When we take those things seriously, you grow because it's hard, it's difficult. It takes something beyond yourself to stay there and invest and grow in those ways. But it also grows the body of Jesus. So we are not spiritual consumers, but we are spiritual contributors. And if you remember back a few sermons ago, we talked about 1 Corinthians 12, 27. uh, In the body of Christ, and in 12, 27, it says, Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. I am fully convinced Jesus, the Holy Spirit, has called us to this vision. And if I'm fully convinced that Jesus has called us to this vision, I am fully convinced that he is going to send the gifts in the people that are called to pull it off. And each one of you is a part of that. Each one of you has a role. Each one of you has a gift. Each one of you are called to display the evidence of the Holy Spirit in your life. See, I'm praying That to fulfill this vision, Jesus brings people that are passionate about kids' ministry. That wants to pour into families and walk with them as they show and help the kids see Jesus. I'm praying for people that are passionate to stand up here and lead people, create the context for which people can experience Jesus. I'm praying for people that help in the sound booth and video booth so the tools for us to reach people can be uh, executed on. I'm praying for the Holy Spirit to gift teachers, apostles, evangelists, to lead Bible studies, to bring people here, to disciple more people. So that as people come to this church, they would encounter Jesus and see the Holy Spirit working. And they will put themselves in a place where they are being discipled and learning about Jesus. I'm praying for entrepreneurs that have a creative mind, a driven mind when it comes to business. So they could say, oh... We're a church that is for Jesus, first of all, for people, and for our city. How how is the Holy Spirit working in me, working in my gifts and abilities, so that I can dream up something amazing that can be a part of what our church can do in the city to reach people for Jesus? Business people that are out leading. How am I going to lead? How am I going to develop the fruit of the Spirit so when people come to my business and are my employees, they are actually experiencing Jesus? 
And someday they'll say, man, you are a supervisor like I have never had before. Like you are amazing. And here's all the reasons you're amazing. And you can go, wow, that's awesome because I'm not amazing because I'm amazing. I'm amazing because Jesus is doing. And that can hopefully lead to a conversation where you can explain what your source is. I believe in our vision. And I believe that Jesus is bringing the right people. The Holy Spirit is empowering and equipping the right people for us to fulfill our vision to this city. Amen? It starts with this prayer and desire. When a community of people all begin to abide in the Spirit, walk by the Spirit, be filled, remain, then the foundation is laid for renewal and revival. Are we praying for that? Like, you have to realize, I have to realize that we're just not here for Sunday morning. We're not here to like feel good about ourselves once every other week. We're here because we are part of a vision and mission to reach people for Jesus. There's this verse in Habakkuk. Uh, you should go read that. It's a prophet in the Old Testament. It's very short. You can do it in 15 minutes. Habakkuk 3.2. He's responding to God. And he says, Have we, Lord, we have heard of your fame. We stand in awe of your deeds. Renew them in our day. We want to see the fame and the deeds of God known in our city and on the earth. I pray that in this next season, this would become our prayer and desire. To see the work of Jesus in our midst and in this city. Church, we gotta want it. We gotta pray for it. We have to desire it. We have to chase after it. We're going to take communion. Worship team can come on up. I'm short on time, but next steps. Order your life so that you are walking in, being filled by, and remaining in the Holy Spirit. Number two, pray for this desire. And number three, which may seem obvious, do something. The Holy Spirit is working in you. The Holy Spirit has gifted you. The Holy Spirit has brought you here for the purpose of building up the church. Now do something. We're going to take communion this morning. You've been given the little prepackaged communion elements. As we enter into communion, I wanted to read from 1 Corinthians chapter 11. 
the Lord Jesus, on the night in which he was betrayed, took the bread, and we had given thanks, he broke it, and he said, this is my body. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this is a covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. Go ahead and eat the wafer and drink from the cup. And know that as we partake in communion, we are proclaiming Jesus. We are proclaiming the evidence of the Holy Spirit in our world. Take a few moments and pray.